broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, like Leonard Fournette is 20, what, 25, 26 years old. Uh, he's had a couple of thousand-yard seasons, so he is a productive running back. So Seattle makes a lot of sense. And then down in Tampa, you know, if you think about everyone is talking about Tampa and Tom Brady needs a pass-catching running back, but what about a running back that does the first job that a running back is supposed to do, running the football? And I get it, Ronald Jones is starting to come into his own from what everyone says, but Ronald Jones is not Leonard Fournette. So I, I think for various reasons, Tampa and Seattle make a lot of for Leonard Fournette. That is Booger McFarland. Tampa and Seattle. Tampa? Yep. Go and go to the playoffs, man. Have fun. Well, either team would work in that sense. Go do your thing. I'm picking Tampa. Running backs take a long time to get into a new system. Not really, right? Hey. Run in that hole. Yeah, you know, yeah. here's the ball. Yeah, Run in that hole. Yeah, just go. I, I think assignments and other things. Well, uh, you yeah, know, that's different. Yeah, but yeah, first yeah. and second down, just go run the ball. Right? Just, just here, here's the ball. Go run with it. Have All right. Uh, we've obviously talking a lot about Leonard Fournette. We'll get to Yannick Ngakwe in a little bit, too. Who? Uh, yeah, we will get to it. Hey, we're at six, man. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> somebody said to me today. Somebody said... Uh, you and Austin can just watch I Love Lucy reruns all day. You don't have to prep for this show. <laughs> That's what I did. Well, instead I did TV and other stuff most of the yeah. day. But I get your point. Yeah. And you're probably right. And instead I did some meditation, man. I did some, some breathing exercise to help me calm down a little bit. Spoiler alert, it hasn't been helping that much. No, it hasn't. No. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? All right, so we talked a lot about Leonard Fournette, that part of it. I want to now talk about the Jags side of it Yeah. and what it means. And obviously everybody's asking, are they tanking? Yeah, I haven't brought that up today. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, this is, if if we're being truthful here and trying not to be hypocritical, if you go back months, we the basically there was a guy that was that held us off the tanking teeter totter, and that was Fournette, and we were hanging on by a thread, man. It's like yeah. if you if you let Fournette go, then it's kind of a show of well, wait a minute. Yeah. Right. Because well, to be fair, we had this conversation during the draft. Right, yeah, because, the draft. because there are rumors saying that Leonard Fournette was going to get traded. That was when the they draft. were dangling him. And, yeah. and obviously the argument was, well, if you trade him and you want to avoid the whole, are you guys tanking or not, then you better get an early round running back to replace him right away. That didn't happen. So does this make it they're tanking? Well, I mean, what, what else do you want me to say? Man? Well, you know, like, go yeah, ahead. Well, you can say, here's where I wrestle with it. Okay. One, it's hard to admit probably but sure two i'm just going to be a little bit careful because i'm higher on Gardner Minshew than others are mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so i think he can do things that i think their offense is actually halfway decent now you just lost maybe your best player on offense uh i don't think it cripples your offense i think it takes a dynamic away from your offense it certainly doesn't help um, and I'm still wrestling, if I'm com- being completely honest, with how much this hurts Minshew. Um, but, I, again, you take away a very good player, a team, a uh, player that people are going to focus on, that hurts you. There's no doubt. They got worse on offense, in my opinion, from yesterday to today. Correct. But I still think they have some good things, and I know they're going to throw it a little bit more. And I think a lot of times it will depend on Minshew. If Minshew over achieves in terms of what other people think, then I have a hard time seeing him win just two games. And tanking is like a two-game win total. 
That's what you're saying. If you're tanking, you gotta you gotta go one win, two wins. Shoot, max, maybe you can get to three wins. It's hard to tank, is the point. But they are setting up their house for transition. This is the way. This is the analogy I like to use better. And this is going to get us into Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. But in my opinion, I, I said this months ago. They, when they got rid of A.J. Boye and Calais Campbell and everybody else, mm-hmm. that was part of, you know what? I'm putting my house on the market. And by the way, don't take this the wrong. I'm not talking about they're selling the team. But the, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, I know people can insinuate that and talk about London and all this stuff. I'm not, insin- I'm not insinuating that. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying they are basically putting their – saying, hey, you know what? Hey, honey, we're going to put our house up. Uh, let's do it next year. Let's do it in eight or nine months. We're going to paint in the meantime. We're going to get some new rugs. We're going to do a little bit of this stuff. Not going to cost us a lot, but we're going to fix it up so it will look – like it's worth more will be worth more when it's time to sell Mm. you know after the school year for the kids or whatever it might be i've always i've looked at this year as that for the jaguars see a lot of people look at this as dave caldwell saving his job and doug marone the expectations aren't very high so even if he wins six or seven games he's going to be back now there's a fear factor about those guys being back this this move maybe you can quantify it as tanking i think it's exactly what i've been talking about for a while they built this mess, and Shad Khan's telling them to clean this mess up because next year, I think in the owner's mind, he's going to have nine draft picks, a young football team with some young talent on it, mm-hmm. a ton of cap space, and it's going to be attractive or at least more attractive for a new GM and a new head coach to come in here, pick their quarterback, pick whatever, and 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 go that way. And the reasoning I think that way is if you go back to 1617, they had spent four years trying to build it with Dave Caldwell and Gus Bradley. Yeah. They brought Tom Coughlin in. And one of the guys they brought in at least to at least look at the takeover as a coaching guy was McDaniels. And the story about Josh McDaniels was he kind of wanted to blow it up. Hmm. Well, the Jags were like, wait a minute. We just got all this young talent. We got Jalen Ramsey. We got this and that. And we, I don't know if we want to blow it up. Like, we need some work, but I don't know if we want to blow it up. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Chad Khan was right. They add a couple of pieces. They draft Fournette at least that year, mm-hmm. and they and they go to the AFC Championship game. They were right in that respect. Well, I think instead of having a guy come in here as a new head coach, new GM, and blow it up and spend his first year blowing it up, I think they're already kind of cleaning the house, emptying the furniture out, moving some things around, and saying, all right, here you go. You build it from here. It's an attractive situation, a more attractive house. So essentially what you're saying right now is Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are writing their own death sentences saying, you know what, we're not going to be here. So, hey, well, since we're on the way out, let's make, let's tidy up the place for you. So eventually you're getting evicted from your own house. But before you're getting evicted, you're getting tossed out of your own house. You're going to make it nice and spiffy for the next people who come in. Absolutely, because no here's way. the deal. Hey, no oh, whoa, 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 time out, no time out. You yeah. also get two and a half, three million dollars, by the way, for doing that. An extra two and a half, three million dollars, and you get a lifeline to try to prove me wrong and save your job. No, there's, there's no way. Yeah, no. I think there's certainly uh, okay. a way. So, and, and also, one on. other thing about this from Shad Khan's perspective, in sure. my opinion, from a business side, is they would have had to pay those guys to walk away and pay a new regime to come in at the same time. So now you're paying a lot of dollars, 
in this shakeup for a year that was going to look like this regardless, whether it was Josh McDaniels coaching or it was Doug Marone coaching. Listen, if you think that if I'm Doug Marone or Dave Caldwell and I'm going to be out the door already, and if you think I'm going to let go my best player just so it makes it more appealing to the next guy to come in, you're absolutely crazy because that's not how football minds work. Football minds don't work where it's like, you know what, I'm going to do the next guy coming in a favor. I'm, I'm going to make it nice and tidy. I'm going to make it very attractive because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out regardless. So let me make this job really appealing to the next guy. No, that is not how football minds work at all. Like, if I'm Doug Marone right now, if I'm Dave Caldwell, I'm doing everything in my power to try to salvage this season, to try to salvage and say, you know what? Yeah, we maybe had a bad year, but look at these pieces that we have going forward. Without a doubt. Yeah, I, I don't see it that way. I okay. really don't. Well, I, I mean, I... I don't. I, I don't see it. Uh, now, listen, can they make it work out? Can they win anyway? Can they try to figure out what's the best way to win? L- there's a belief maybe in there that Doug Marone and Caldwell believe that Fournette shouldn't be on the team. I'm not saying they don't have leeway to try to win this year. Go so ahead and try to win. Well, but at the same time, once they pivoted, right, they went from this. They went from, hey, we're back. Jan is a top priority. That was December 31st. And why would, why are they back, uh, Shad Khan? Well, he said in like the third week of January on a conference call, I think we're closer to winning with these guys than if we brought somebody else in. Well, somewhere between then and A.J. Boye getting traded the day we were at UNF, I can remember the yeah, show. Yeah, I remember. That pivot happened. And but they what? said, wait a minute. Oh, wait, we can trade Boye, we get a draft pick. We can trade Calais, we get a draft pick. We can unload this guy, we get but, money but, cleared what out. What changed in that period, though? I d- well, we don't know that. Well, we'll, we'll have to wait for the what, book yeah, to come what, out, what, what I could guess. It possibly be? What, what could it possibly be where all of a sudden your shot con's like, you know what? I like what we have here, too. You know what? Eh, let's get some new guys coming in. Like, th- this is what I think. I think right now, Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell's jobs are a lot safer than you think right now. Yeah, that, I don't believe that, it. That's what I think. Because it's the only explanation of why you let go of Leonard Fournette. Because you, you're trying to build for the future right now. And then this is my point. To me, this season was supposed to be about Gardner Minshew. It's supposed to be about seeing, is he going to be the future quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars for the next 10 years to come? Did you somehow, out of all the chaos of this organization the past decade, luck into just a quarterback that's going to be your leader, he's going to be your staple, going to be that pillar for years to come. Did you look into it? Maybe, maybe not. So if we're talking about that right now, and we're talking about how Dave Carlo and Doug Marone probably dangled Gardner Minshew in front of Shad Khan and said, listen, you, you can cut us right now if you want to, but look what we found in the sixth round. Let's see what this guy's got. So that, to me, is the reason why Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are still here, is because of Gardner Minshew. So now you mean to tell me that you got to Leonard Fournette because it makes Gardner Minshew a better player? Because it doesn't. Okay, if I'm a defensive coordinator right now, and I'm prepping for the Jacksonville Jaguars, if I was the Indianapolis Colts, week one, defensive coordinator, I'm on the board. Do you know who my first game record is going to be? It's Leonard Fournette. We gotta stop. We gotta stop the run, guys. We gotta stop Leonard Fournette. He's he's, he's killed us before. We gotta stop Leonard Fournette. He's gone so? now. You th- Absolutely. You think it's Leonard Fournette, or do you think, hey, we gotta keep Gardner Minshew in the pocket? He can't beat us from inside the pocket. So, so what do you think is the number one thing on that board for the Indianapolis Colts on defense? So you think right now, week one, defensive coordinator is gonna say, you know what, Gardner Minshew is the guy we gotta beat. Don't worry about Leonard Fournette. He's fine. I didn't say don't worry about Leonard okay, Fournette. But I'm saying the top priority. You're I, you're gonna stop the pass or stop in the run first. I think if I tell my team if I'm a, if I'm an opponent of the Jaguars, I think I say if we can keep uh, Gardner Minshew inside the tackles, we win the game today. 
They didn't respect Garner Minshew last year. They're going to respect him this year now? Well, he proved a little something to him. He showed him he can make some plays outside of that thing. He can run around a bit. Listen, I'm not saying they would ignore the, the Fournette part. Yeah. But I think they know what we know. They know Jay Gruden's there now. They know they're changing the offense around a little bit. I mean, we're probably talking semantics they, here. I'm yeah, not saying it's we can go, one in ten on the list. Well, listen, and we can say, oh, Jay Gruden's there, so Fournette's not going to be used. And what was Adrian Peterson being used for all those years ago? But, okay, but do you think the number one goal to stop the Washington Redskins was Adrian Peterson the last couple of years? Absolutely. Still? And ba- ba- back when Gruden had his, whatever, 7-9 season, and you had Adrian Peterson wrote rest for 69 yards, who did they have a wide, wide receiver? Nobody. I mean, th- that was yeah, the focus of the offense. Yeah, they didn't have much of a threat. Yeah, I mean, you had what? Was that still with Cousins? Was he still there at Alex that time? Alex Smith, I believe. I think it was Alex Smith. Oh, Don't Alex quote Smith me on went it. Over there. But what? So you had Vernon Davis? You had Jordan Reed? Yeah. I'm stopping the run. That's what I'm doing right now as well. Yeah, but, listen, I get the focus on the run game. Again, yeah. this might be a little bit semantics. I, I, I understand your point. What I differ with you right now is, and I differ with a lot of folks that believe this, that these moves are signs that Shad Khan has locked these guys into next year. And some people are mixed. Some people believe, like, well, Marone's still kind of fighting for his job. He goes 2-14 and 14 or whatever it is. Uh, some people believe, like, Caldwell's automatic coming back. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think these moves have set... It's actually, in a strange way, has set Shad Khan up in maybe a good way from an ownership standpoint. One, they, they, these guys knock their socks off, his socks off, and they do better than anybody thinks. And Minshew is the guy. Or Minshew does well, and it's something you can work with, so you don't need to go get the next quarterback. Or everything's a flop, and you're set up very well looking in the draft and potentially for future coaches and GMs to make this an attractive spot. If again, and and you got to put it all into context. But if we go back to December, and the mess of Jalen Ramsey was still stinking around here, the stench of that, Yannick Ngakwe was a problem mm-hmm. because of that situation. The Jaguars had two quarterbacks on the roster in December or late December. If you fire Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell, how attractive is the Jacksonville Jaguars job? Listen, I know it's one of 32. I listen, get it. Man. Somebody they would hire. I'm saying you want the best. How attractive was the Carolina job? But they still got Matt Rule. Carolina job, how attractive was that job? They still got their guy. It happens all the time, Brent. Yeah, you can, but you got to get. It's a lot harder to get your guy. He well, went through this process one other sure. time. Carolina got their guy. Do you think guy. Doug Marone was the top choice? Uh, from the get-go? Do you think Matt Rule's the top choice in Carolina? And what do they have at Carolina right now? Well, Matt now? Rule might have been the top choice, but they also had to give him like an eight-year contract to get him there. That's, un- that's sure. not a very – that people don't get those jobs in, in the NFL like that. He got all this leeway. Yeah. And he and, got to do it all. He wanted to if, rip if, it if, down. If they got rid of Cam Newton. But if that's your guy, then that's your guy. Then so be it. Like, the, the point is you committed to your guy. Like, I, I just can't come along with you and say Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are tidying the place for, for the next suitors here. Because you, know you know what that means to me? Then you're tanking. Then you're tanking. If you have that kind of mindset, if you're a GM right now and you're trying to tidy up this place for the next GM to come in, then just get out, man. What are you doing? Well, you're getting two and a half million dollar check, number one, and you're as a competitor saying, hey, I can do this anyway. Watch. All right, man. I I, I, I just don't think to, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, man, I, but you can't be successful with something thing. like I that. I think Florida Gator fans might, this is the relationship I see of it, okay? Think, go back to when Florida and Urban Meyer left. And if you remember that situation, and listen, this won't be apples to apples, college game and stuff, but this is what it reminds me of. Uh, Will Muschamp comes in, and I think second year they did really well. I think it was second year, I think they had 11 wins. And third year, they don't do very well Mm -hmm. at all. 
Mm-hmm. And people are like, you got to get out of here. This guy's not the guy. I mean, if they like four one season, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, they kept him. And they kept him again. And everybody, most people said, what are we doing here? What are you doing? This isn't the right guy. And they kept him again. And as it came out, as they said goodbye to Muschamp after that next season, it started to come out that Muschamp had cleaned up basically the Meyer mess mm. over those years. He cleaned up the program. He got some of those bad apples out of the program. Mm. Again, I don't want this to be apples to apples in terms of what the Jags are doing. It reminds me a little bit of that. It's like, hey, you go try to save your job and prove that you're the right guy mm. and go try to get us as many wins as possible. But in the back of my mind as the AD that year, you're still kind of cleaning up that mess. And if we got one more year of this. It might be worth it until we're all clean and then we get we look good for that next guy coming in and we're kind of fixed and cleansed, if you will. I kind of feel like Shad Khan is in that situation. Hey, Doug well, and Dave, if you win big and if you if you surprise us, that's great. Maybe you are the right guys going forward. Maybe it was Coughlin's fault, but if you don't, my house looks pretty darn good for the next guy coming in. So, so uh, okay, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I just don't agree with that kind of philosophy. Well, that's fine. I, and yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Well, we're I, trying I just, to figure out. Then it's either that or they're just so. So wait a minute. How different is that than we are tanking? So now you think the Jags are tanking. Correct. But they have Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone here to tank. No, they just told me that guys don't lose on purpose. This is our difference right here. You think that Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, they're gone. They're absolutely gone. And, I, and I'm here to well, say, I don't they think they are. themselves. How do you save yourself in this season? Well, How many if wins? you get seven wins, How, you've exceeded s- expectations. S- seven wins, you think is going to... No, I'm saying, set the over-under right now. How many games does Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone have to win this year in order to save their job? Seven. And I think it's a lot lower than that. I think if they won four games, three games, I think they're still going to be okay. I think the fact that they you know, have a lot of draft picks coming up now, and obviously we'll see what happens to Trevor Lawrence. If you dangle that Trevor Lawrence carrot, it's like, well, you know what? We got you all these picks. Let's ride this out. I can see them coming back again. And, and that's our biggest fundamental difference right now is that I think Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone's jobs are a lot safer than you do. Well, here's one more thing, okay? Uh, you also say that – you like you think I mean like do you think they've been told that hey this is a build back up this is year one of it for you and right. you're back in 2021 look at this as a two year project like do you feel like that's what they've been told they've been given that assurance how else how else should I take it Brent because if they haven't been told that then why are you trading Leonard Fournette away oh I'm not, I'm not not trading away I'm sorry why are he just letting him go I almost said trade that would be Crazy. Why? <laughs> wow. Well, hello. Why are you letting Port Leonard Fournette go then? It's a myriad. You don't think you? they don't want to deal with him anymore. Dude, Doug Marone doesn't want to deal with him right, anymore. Yeah, but see, but we both agree on this, man. Leonard Fournette makes that offense better if he's on the team as opposed to not being on the team. We agree with me at that or not? Or do you not agree with that? I agree with you. Okay, so if that's the case right now, and I'm supposedly trying to fight for my job and prove Shad Khan wrong, that I am indeed the guy for the job, then how can I co-sign on letting Leonard Fournette walk out the door for, number one, nothing? If at least you're worried about the future, then try to hang on to him and trade him for something. Get some kind of draft capital. Get something where you can say, you know what, Shad? Wasn't a lot, but this is what we got for Leonard Fournette going forward. You didn't do any of that. You just let the guy go. So once again, if I'm Doug Marone, if I'm Dave Caldwell, I'm fighting and I'm scratching, doing everything in my power to try to win as many games as possible. And if I'm not, that means that somebody from the higher-ups has told me, you know what? Don't worry about it too much. Your jobs just might be safe.
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk more about it in just a moment. we got a guest on the line. It's a special day over at Timaquana Country Club Champions Tour, Jim Furyk. He's got his event coming up in 2021. A little media day out there, and <clears throat> some of this Jags news got in the way of that for me. But uh, still, nonetheless, uh, we love Jim Furyk. And the Champions Tour is coming to the Jacksonville area in 2021 at Timaquana Country Club. Jim Furyk and Davis Love the Third were over there today. And right now, uh, one of the big... Uh, folks involved in the tournament for 2021 is Mark Houston, the president of Constellation. He joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Mark, <laughs> we got a little excitement from us here. We're emotional in Jacksonville on a day that Leonard Fournette uh, gets released. So started to, started to walk into this beehive. <laughs> hey, Brent, it's great to be with you here today, and I'll steer clear of the football. <laughs> hey, tell us a little about the event coming up. Um, I know it's still kind of a far way off, but uh, you know Jim Furyk, one of the great guys in golf, one of the great guys in Jacksonville. They've done such a good job, him and his wife Tabitha, giving back to the Jacksonville area. How excited are you guys about this event coming up uh, in a little bit over a year? Uh, we're really excited. You know, they came to us a little over a year ago with this idea to host an event in their hometown to give back to the local community, and we were very fortunate for them to give us first crack at being the title sponsor. So we're really excited about it. Mark Houston with us, president of Constellation. Uh, very much involved with Jim Furyk's golf event coming up in 2021 at Timaquana Country Club. How about the Champions Tour? I mean, Phil Mickelson obviously just won. Furyk just won in his first time out. I, this reminds me of kind of the Champions Tour or Senior Tour back then of, of maybe 20 years ago when you had some special, special talents out there. Uh, there was some good golf on the Champions Tour. Absolutely. It, it feels like a, a new jump start for the Champions Tour, which, you know, we've we've done a lot of work with over the years. And this new event that Jim's going to be hosting in Jacksonville and obviously with Phil, both of them winning in their inaugural events. I think it'll be a, an exciting time for the Champions Tour. Mark Houston with us, president of Constellation, uh, Jim Furyk's golf tournament coming up a little bit over a year. What happens between now and then, Mark? Uh, it's a long way off, but obviously there's a media day today, some awareness about it. Tim Aquana, what what you guys are going to do, what Jim's going to do. Uh, what happens in the next, uh, say, 12 to 14 months? A huge amount of planning. You know, Tabitha Furyk's really taken the lead with our Constellation team to make sure we have sponsors, volunteers. We have all the logistics worked out. They've really held a tremendous party with their Furyk and friends the past 10 years. And we really want to replicate that excitement with the local community, make sure the local community is fully engaged and part of this event, given that we really give the the, the 500000 that we're donating to local charities back to the local uh, community. So a uh, lot of planning going into it. And then as we get closer to the event, obviously uh, we'll have a team from Constellation that will be down there early before the event begins to make sure all the logistics are in place, working with the champion store and Tabitha. So uh, a, a year is not that far away. Yeah, oh, absolutely not. It'll go by fast. Uh, it's a, this is one of those things, Mario, it's just win, win, win for everybody, right? Golf, great golf course, great golf area in Jacksonville. Good people, Jim and Tabitha Furick. You get a chance to give back to the community as well. I mean, it, it just about seems to check every box. It really is a feel good, especially in these difficult times. Uh, when we show up at this event, uh, our customers, our business partners, the local community, it's going to be a win across the board. And, and for us, you know, we've been with Jim Furyk for over 20 years. We've gotten to know him. 
uh, he's a friend and he's a partner. And now we have Tabitha really helping us take it to the next level. So it, it's, uh, I hope everyone comes out and enjoys themselves and partakes. Mark Houston, president of Constellation, involved with the Jim Furyk and Friends uh, Golf Tournament coming up on the Champions Tour, October 2021. Tim Aquana Country Club, you got an awesome venue for it, awesome people. Hey, we're looking forward to it. Let's catch up again before the tournament starts up. All right. Thanks so much, Brent. Take care. All right, uh, Mark Houston, appreciate it. Uh, absolutely, we look forward to that event. We're supposed to be out there today in Media Day, uh, and Stuart was out there and, and got some reaction from Jim and Davis Love. Uh, so uh, he'll have that coming up tonight on Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But a uh, cool event coming to town. That's pretty neat. It shows you how uh, deep into the community the Furics are. You know, they're from Pennsylvania, but, well, they're really not in my mind. They're from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have done such a tremendous job giving back to the community. And obviously Constellation, Mark Houston, and others are going to help them out uh, do that even more in 2021 and beyond. By the way, I think there's a pretty long-term contract involved with that Champions Tour event here in Jacksonville. You know, if we had Furick on, he'd have a comment or two about this. He loves his football. Oh, yeah. So I want to get his thoughts about it. He would. I mean, we're not going to have him on, but I'm saying he would. He'd have a comment about it. No doubt about it. What would you think would be more frustrating, my swing or his comments about the Jaguars right now? If he was to break my swing down. Your, your swing. Okay. No doubt. It's got power, though. All right. We're not done with this stuff. We come back. We continue to talk about Leonard Fournette. But let's also dive into Yannick Ngakwe as well. What does that say about everything? <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Your call still welcome. 904-362-9901. 9901. <laughs> star, star, 690. Also the number. Uh, jump in the conversation. What do you think about the, the news of the last two days? Oh, my gosh. What's coming up tomorrow? Who knows? Don't sleep tonight. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Leonard Fournette hasn't really lived up to the billing in which they thought he would. And it's not all his fault. Uh, some is due to injury. Some is due to system and scheme. Uh, whatever team he goes to next, I'm sure he could be the dynamic runner that we saw in the past, both in the NFL and at LSU, because I think he's a good football player. You just got to know how to use him and what he is. And, and Jacksonville can't get out of their own way, whether it's whether it's uh, Yannick, whether it's uh, Jalen Ramsey, now Fournette. I mean, it just it just goes on and on and on. They signed Nick Foles to a huge deal. A year later, they part ways with him because Minshew decided to have a few good games. I mean, it's just Jacksonville. Just it, what can you say? The Jaguars. That's all you can really say. <laughs> Old Keyshawn reading headlines. Yeah, national attention, baby. National headlines. Here we are, Brent. Get excited, man. How many games do you think Keyshawn Johnson watched? Of the Jaguars? Leonard Fournette play. Oh, Leonard Fournette. In in a Jags uniform. Uh, he was more of a West Coast guy, wasn't he, last year? <laughs> Probably not too many. Nah, I mean, he's not yeah. alone. I'm not killing him for that. But yeah. he got some catch it up to do, most likely, like a lot of the national folks do. But the national perspective. Perceptive is actually married to the local perception today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't you get that feel? It's often different. But now the perception is they're tanking. That's the thought, the narrative. Yeah. And here's what else. I got a call today. About ready to go out at noon. And I got a call from Buddy at like 11.50 this morning. And it wasn't even hello. It was, what are we doing? <laughs> 
like, what are the? It was like, I. If you're looking for me to tell you whatever what yeah. this is supposed to mean, so <laughs> listen, I would love some guidance from that front office. Yeah. In, in, in trying to maybe help figure out what they're doing. Yeah. Like I, I would love to sit down in private for a lunch. Yeah. And say, okay, come on. Even if I can't share it all, yeah. give me a give me the fill philosophy here yeah the idea yeah. What, what are we doing like you, you you're not just throwing stuff at the wall really i mean yeah. we're like there is a plan here what's the plan yeah and so i'm with you on that i i don't know like i'm fishing for it too and i and i try to think around it and thinking around it sometimes puts me in like that front office seat and people are like oh yeah you're spinning it. I'm, I'm not really i'm just trying to come up with a way the bottom line is you can be mad at dave caldwell shad khan tony khan tom coffin all these people yeah the reality is it's here this mm. is what the jags are so what are the Jags? Why are they here? And where are they going? Is there is a reasonable question to ask and try to figure out? I mean, that's what we're tasked with. We're like, okay, they're either tanking. Yeah. Which if you think they're tanking and that's the end of the story, well, then let's just cancel the show for the rest of the f- – <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, if that's uh, the end of the story, there might be more to the story well, is my point. Yeah. And is tanking the right move? Like, by the way, tanking has such a negative connotation. As it but, sh- first of all, don't – it should. It should. Okay, thank you. But – not doing very well, rather than being muddied up at six wins, seven wins, eight wins for a five-year period, does not help you either. We've we've seen that in the NFL. You are better off being very good, or you are better off being very bad because you can get better quickly the way the NFL model is built. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. And you know what else they figured out? Other sports figured this out. So Houston, did they tank? No, but they didn't set their team up very well for success. Atlanta Braves, did they tank? Well, they didn't admit they did, but they didn't set their team up very well for success. I think the Cleveland Indians did a little bit of this. The Cincinnati Reds recently did this. The Chicago cool. Cubs had done it as well. And it's worked for them. It's worked to, hey, let's bottom it's out here, def- clean it up, and then come back. Okay, besides the Cubs, are defined worked. How many championships you won since you tanked? Houston. Okay, the Astros. Well, but the Astros built through the farm system, though. No, man. no, no. Houston is the best example and the earliest example of absolutely tanking. For the three-year stretch, Houston, I think it was like 11, 12, 13, but I might have my years off. Okay. They were brutal. Okay. Like, actually, I remember saying the Houston model is what the Jags were trying to do in 13 and 14. Okay. They so were so he- bad, they stripped it down, but they were going to take those draft picks, try to hit on hit them. The difference is, Jags didn't hit on any of the first-round picks. Houston, go back and look at their first-round so, picks. So you're saying taking whatever you want to call it, tanking or not, you still haven't said the T word. Uh, are the Jaguars tanking or not, Brent? People want to know. <laughs> no, I don't want to hold you there. But, um, <laughs> well, you can. But, but, here, but here's what I'm going to say, though. So, no. And listen, and I see it out. Well, first of all, let me go back real quick. The reason I thought about Leonard Fournette getting let go today, because when I was doing my workout, I got a text message from one of our friends at ESPN 1000. And they texted me and said, hey, Leonard Fournette and the Bears, what should we know about him? And I'm like, so that's all I had to go off. I'm like, well, they're not going to trade him to Chicago, I don't think. Like, the season's right around the corner. And I'm like, I don't know, he's... He's a good player. Like he's, you know, kind of the featured back in Jacksonville. I, I'm sure he would be fine on the Chicago Bears. And I go, good luck with that, because like it's not. I mean, you're not going to trade him to Chicago right now. What are you thinking? And then literally, like two two minutes later, they text me back and go, I think we should get him. And I'm like, what is going on? What are you talking about? Go on Twitter, and it's everywhere. So like that that was my introduction to Leonard Fournette getting let go. And then I've gotten a couple messages saying, what's wrong with Fournette? What's wrong with Fournette? I don't know. 
I, I mean, I don't know if I'm not seeing something. I don't think anything's wrong with Fournette. I think what you get is what you get, and what you see on the field, whether you like him or you know you think he's he's underachieved, whatever be the reason. I agree with you, Brent. 2017, big part of that success was Leonard Fournette. I think last year he was the receiving leader in terms of receptions, and you let him go. So regardless about that now, but let's go forward, right? Tanking, tanking, tanking. Are they tanking? Are they not tanking? Here's the thing. I'm seeing a lot of, well, Trevor Lawrence coming in, Trevor Lawrence coming in, Trevor Lawrence coming in. And one could think right now that the Jaguars are setting up for that. Now, once again, I'm not saying the players in the locker room are taking Brent because you know how this works. And no, you, you never play in the NFL, but you've covered it long enough. And you know how this works. Players in that locker room, they're not tanking. They can't afford to tank. Because if you go out there and don't give 100% effort, your butt is going to be gone. So those players in that locker room, they're absolutely giving their heart and soul for this season. They're absolutely going out there trying to win a division, trying to go to the playoffs, trying to go to the Super Bowl. If you're not, then you'll be weeded out real quick, and you'll be let go. I don't care how good you are. It's not how the NFL works. So the players aren't tanking. But all these moves right now, man, whether it was, once again, Calais Campbell, A.J. Boy, which was kind of a little red flag a little bit. Yannick Ngakwe, all right, well, he didn't really want to be here. You kind of got a discount, I think, we're getting that a little bit here. Okay, another little red flag. And then this Leonard Fournette thing, which was, wasn't even a flag. It was a bat signal in the entire sky where the whole world could see. I think you're tanking. And my issue with that is, is if you're trying to garner the draft capital to go after a quarterback or whatever the, the piece is going to be, probably a quarterback, obviously, I just ask you to say this. Everyone's saying Trevor Lawrence right now. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. He's the next Andrew Luck. He's, he's, he's graded out as high as Andrew Luck did when he came out of college. You remember the Andrew Luck hype? Oh, I, yeah. mean, I remember playing for the, I remember for the Jaguars, man. It's like, oh. First Peyton Manning and now Andrew Luck. How is that fair to me? You know, can, can we just, we have, I mean, no offense, but we have Blaine Gabbert. We got Andrew <laughs> Luck coming in now. Like, no offense, take. Uh, yeah. But, but how, how's that going to, like, come on, man. Colts. Can you have a couple sucky seasons, please, like Andrew Luck transition? But here's the question for you. Of all the hype of Andrew Luck had out of college, and he was the chosen one, he was going to be Peyton Manning's you know, replacement, and then he's going to lead him to the promised land. How many Super Bowls did Andrew Luck go to? None. Well, there you go then. So just because you're tanking, just because maybe you luck into something, no pun intended, where you have this once-in-a-generational type quarterback – Spoiler alert, doesn't mean you're going to go to the Super Bowl. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the one thing that uh, I thought of a lot in the last day or so. And when people are asking me all these questions, like, what are they doing? Like, what's going on? Like, this 2017 to 2020 comparison, which is endless. The All the stuff. And it's like, it comes does come back to this. If you don't, it doesn't matter if you don't find that QB. Yeah. Like it, like people talk about uh, these draft picks have, have been awful. Yes. Uh, I've seen the whole thing. You can't uh, keep them for more than five years. Yes. But even with the guys the Jaguars drafted, take away Bortles. Once Bortles didn't work, or if Bortles had worked, all the rest would work better. All the rest you'd find a way. Mm-hmm. You could get rid of Jalen and you can get rid of this guy, but you have Bortles playing really good football. Let's use a different, like if it's luck that yeah. you ended up having, well, then you can do things. Your down cycle is not very long because you have that guy. If you have Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye, all these guys, you have this great defense, but you have Blake Bortles as your quarterback. You need everything to go right. And you need everything to go right the next year and the next year. And you have to draft well. You have to replace well. You have to hope you don't get hurt. Why? Because you're making up for the quarterback. And so 
all these conversations don't matter until you find the core. They do matter, and it matters mm. in the ebbs and flows. But if you want consistent success, if, if and that's what Jacksonville's after, that's what they're trying to figure out how to do up down there. Yeah. It you can't do it without the well, quarterback. You can't you can't find me an organization that has consistently done well without an above average to great well, quarterback. Okay. It, so you have to find that. Sure, you have to find it. But I'm, I'm going to say this, though. All right? If you're the Denver Broncos and you go to the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, it wasn't just you drafted Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was there. Do you know why? Because you drafted well before that. You, yes. you signed some guys in the draft before that. They and, the, well and, the last piece, and the last piece was Peyton Manning. That worked. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's never been an elite quarterback to me. Where's he at, where's he at right now? Where's Joe Flacco at right now? Uh, what do you got? The Jets? No, I, I honestly have no idea. I think he did. Super Bowl MVP, though, right? But guess what? You had players around him. Once again, you drafted well. You re-signed those players. You brought free agents in when they were time to go. You had a culture built up. So Joe Flacco, all he had to do was just show up. Eli Manning. Now, there's always a debate. Is Eli Manning a lead or not? Was he ever a top-five quarterback? I'm going to say no. I don't think Eli Manning ever in his career was a top-five quarterback. But guess what? He was surrounded by greatness. Once again, you drafted well. You brought in free agents, and you signed the right guys. And you go to the Super Bowl, and you beat the Patriots. Not once, but you've done it twice. So I get what you're saying, where if you have a, a, a quarterback, you build around him, that's fantastic. Good for you. But I'm also saying that's not necessarily the, the exact blueprint that you need to be successful. Well, it's not the ultimate. It doesn't mean you win Super Bowls, but it means you consistently have a chance chance to compete is sure. my point and your down cycles are not as desperately down as the jags have been you don't go 11 out of 12 years without with losing you don't probably recycle all these players because there's belief in that but, quarterback he sets the culture that quarterback all those there's a big domino effect with having a good quarterback or at least an above average well, guy what people we, believe in but what are we talking about with matthew stafford then brent Matthew Stafford's always put up big numbers. Matthew Stafford's always been a dependable quarterback, hence why they never even thought about replacing him after all these years. What has Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions done the past decade? I would say that's a great example um, of probably an outlier. Okay. Um, and I think it's fair to wonder. See, everybody thinks Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. He's a prolific quarterback. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he's a great quarterback? Well, he hasn't elevated that franchise to be. I don't like. I don't think people put him in elite category often. Elite passers, elite arms, elite numbers because he's throwing the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't had elite wins, and quarterbacks are supposed to do that. That is, it's a great example of probably a bit of an outlier in Detroit where they haven't been able to fit the pieces around to be a consistent winner as well, despite sure. having him. Uh, and it's fair. That's a good mm-hmm. example. I just don't think you're going to find many of them. Yeah. Is my point. Well, and you're right there. There's not many of them out and, there. And by the way, I'm saying that you're not going to find many to. Like people are are asking for consistency. If you had signed the if if of course if you had hit on Jokel or if you've hit on Ramsey and sign Ramsey, if not you, you sign Jan back. Well, without the quarterback, they're still kind of like just trying to compete for the division. Not really a threat in any way. They need to do that piece. Uh, and we all know that. I mean everybody knows. They need to find the quarterback. Is, is Minshew the guy? Is Trevor Lawrence but, uh, the guy? Yeah. Is whoever the guy? But over the next couple of years, this isn't changing without the quarterback is the point. It doesn't matter how many good young players. DJ Chark can be very good. Miles yeah. Jack can turn into a star. CJ Henderson can be very good. If you don't find a quarterback and you don't hit the lightning in the bottle that Blake Bortles gave you, 
Yeah, really not going far. All right, Brent, but then let's talk about the Tennessee Titans real quick, right? Like, you and I both agree that uh, Ryan Tannehill got overpaid way by, by like, I mean, $100 million. Are you kidding me? And you're not a Ryan Tannehill fan. No. You said that many times on the show before, but you still paid him. And you know what? The Titans went to the AFC Championship game last year. They got lightning and, in a bottle. But you know what? We'll right, see if so, they have any lightning left. But I think, is there more confidence this year with the Tennessee Titans or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, I mean, I ask you this. Yeah. And I'm not in Nashville. Yeah. I would say the confidence in the Tennessee Titans this year, going into the year, is what it was in Jacksonville in 2018. Okay, but do you think the Titans fair are enough? Be, fair enough. But do you think the Titans are going to be better last than the Jaguars were after that season? Well, I think so. I, well, I think so because it's hard to lose nine in a row. I mean, everything sure. went wrong. I, yeah. I, but I don't think they're going to be great. I don't have them picking the division. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I think they're going to be around a 500 See, team. But I think the uh, yeah. I think the Tannehill thing is going to blow up a little bit in because okay. I feel like we've lived that. But I just think that they have a culture and they have a coach in place that Maybe. has the vision. And, and once again, I mean, it'll be very telling because I don't have the answer, neither do you. We'll or, see. Or, or they found that a guy has hit stride at the quarterback spot. But Tannehill will have to do his part. The culture and, and Derrick Henry are not going to, alone going to be enough to do it. Okay. He's still going to have to play well. Sure. Now, he absolutely. might not have to play as well as he played, but he's going to have to play above average quarterbacking yeah. for them to be a successful team, sure. I would think. Uh, who do we have on the line, Andrew? Uh, Andrew's on the line. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 69. We're going to talk about Yannick Ngakwe in a moment, but uh, what's up, Andrew? Hey, Brent. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Um, I just wanted to kind of ask you a little bit more about your thoughts on Fournette. I mean, how do you think how do you think Caldwell setting up the Jags for success by getting rid of Fournette? I mean, I feel like essentially he's setting up Minshew for failure. I mean. He's not. He's turning at what used to be a multi-dimensional offense into like the Gardner Minshew show. I mean, I just don't feel like he's giving him a lot of weapons to work with. What are your thoughts on that, Andrew? I appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping in on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. You can too nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. I think Austin and I both agree that this doesn't help Minshew. Uh, I don't think this. I don't know if failure is the the right word, but it doesn't set him up for as much success. I, I've been a believer that Fournette coming back was a good thing for this offense. So I I don't think this uh, is void of that. I, I don't know if failure is exactly the case because I do think Minshew will have a chance to prove things. Uh, but it, it's certainly not helpful. And there, that's why this is such a hard question to answer what Andrew asked. Mm. There's got to be something underlying, whether it's with teammates or coaches <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. That they are not going to say publicly that they think they're better off. I, I enlighten you on the quote from Moron once again. He said, we're trying to find the best players that give us the best play- chance to win. Those are two separate things. They basically said, this best player doesn't give us the best chance to win. Well, and the only thing I can read into that is... There's a chemistry problem with that guy. Well, then I invite you to look at Chris Thompson's comments. Uh, a brand new guy who's essentially taking over for Leonard Fournette. And nothing but nice thing to say about Leonard Fournette. Listen, real quick. Gardner Minshew, you're doing him no favors right now. And if you're not going to set him up for success, the opposite of success is failure. So, yeah, I think you are setting up Leonard, uh, Gardner Minshew for failure right now. You really are. Because at the end of the day, whether it's his ability in the receiving game, his ability to run the football, or his ability in pass protection, which Reichel Armstead hasn't done a lot of. Chris Thompson is a good pass protector. But once again, are we setting Leonard for um, are we setting Garmin up for success or failure? That should have been the whole goal this season. You bring in Gruden, you bring in Chenault. Why? For Garner Minshew. Is he the quarterback going forward? Now you take a key cog of that offense away. 
it's a detrimental uh, to Gardner Minshew. Well, guess what? We're going to find out in about 13 days. Hey, when we come back, we'll get to the Yannick Ngakwe stuff. Which is which says more about the Jags organization? This Yan saga <laughs> over 15 months or the yeah. Fournette, the way this thing was handled? I like it. And the answer to that by someone was yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. we got one more hour to go on a busy, busy Monday. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.